Hey there, you are listening to the Your Today Story podcast with me. I'm your host, Gina Kershaw. Thanks for being here this week, you guys. We're going to do something fun this week. Uh, Well, I think it's fun. (laughs) Uh, We're going to talk about the Enneagram, which is a, a personality test. And I just have this fascination with personality tests. And so um, I love the Enneagram. And I just recently learned something when investigating a little bit more about the Enneagram that really improved one of my relationships. And that's really why I want to share it with you today is because it can be useful. Like it's not just to find out a little bit more about yourself, but you can also use it to improve your relationships with other people. So I'm excited to dive in. Stay tuned. Hi there. I'm Gina Kershaw, a former criminal defense attorney that has helped thousands of women get back on their feet and move forward after challenging times in their lives. Building on that experience, I've spent the last 15 years mentoring, motivating, and coaching women to see their true potential so they can take action toward living their dreams. This podcast bridges the gap between where you are now and where you want to be by giving you the tools to find your purpose, get control over your emotions and feelings, and start having an impact for good for yourself and everyone around you. These tools are life-changing and will help you to obtain all that you desire, whether it's a successful business or simply peace and clarity in your life. So glad to have you here. Welcome to the podcast. Okay, so the Enneagram. This is a personality test that you can take and find out a little bit more about yourself. Uh, It's along the lines of other personality tests that you've probably tried before, like Myers-Briggs. I happen to be an INTP, which is the logician, which makes sense. (laughs) It's funny that I just said that because for the logician, everything has to make sense and that makes sense to me. So yes, spot on, spot on. Um, But there's other personality tests that you might take like, you know, when you're applying for a job, like the DISC test, I know is one employers like to use a lot too. And then of course there's human design. Oh, that's like a major spectrum of all kinds of things. And I'd love to get that on the podcast here at some point. I just need to have somebody come on who knows more about it than I do, because there's a lot to human design, but so, so fascinating. But with the Enneagram, ah, my gosh, if you guys haven't done the test yet, I am going to link in the show notes someplace where you can just get on the internet and take a quick test. It's really simple. It's going to be just questions like, do you like this or do you like that? Or uh, would you say this or would you say that? So it should be kind of fun for you to actually do. Uh, It's also kind of fun to guess what Enneagram your friends and family and coworkers and and people that you love and you're around what they are, because you can usually get it pretty easily, you can guess. Before we get too far into the Enneagram today, I'd love to invite you to subscribe and leave a review. If you leave a review, screenshot it and send it to me at yourtodaystory at gmail.com, 
and I will send you a little treat. That'll be kind of fun. So I would love for you to do that. Thank you so much for everyone who has done that already. You guys rock. You rock. You guys are so awesome. And you're the reason why I'm up over a thousand downloads which I can hardly believe, but it's so fun. It's so exciting because I love sharing this time with you. I have so many things for you also on the website at ginakershaw.com, tips on how to be more productive, things you can do if you want to quit your day job, uh, entrepreneur phrase books. So you get all the like entrepreneur lingo and stuff like that. So if you're interested in any of those things, head on over to the website at ginakershaw.com and you'll find them very easily. All right. Back to the Enneagram. Um, Before we get into it too much, I do want to address something that always comes up with any kind of personality tests, and it's this really not wanting to be put into a box. And I totally get that. I do. I mean, I don't want to be defined by some kind of random personality test that says I struggle with this or that when I really don't feel like I do. So before we start talking about all the different nine types of Enneagrams, uh, I do want to just let you know, like, yeah, not everybody fits into this perfectly, but you'd be surprised at how many things do land on point. And if you can use it just as a tool to learn a little bit more about yourself or the people you're around, because that's really why I'm even talking about Enneagrams today is because I learned something about a person that I love that has made the difference in our relationship because I have started to see their perspective in a different way. And I've changed my behavior because of that. So it's definitely improved our relationship. And I think that's why it can be so good, such an amazing tool to use. All right. So like I said, there's nine different types. And each one has like a name to it, like the Myers-Briggs with my INTP is the logician. Each one of the nine types has like this overarching name to it. And I'll let you know what that is. And then I'll just kind of explain like in very brief terms, because this can go much deeper. There's books and all kinds of stuff on it. Um, Just kind of like a little bit about each type and just some of the things they struggle with and then something they might say. So (laughs) it'll be kind of short, but fun. I just love this kind of stuff, honestly, like even just the Chinese New Year, Chinese astrology, where you land there, we could go down a rabbit hole, but I won't do that with you today. We'll stick with Enneagrams. All right. I am going to start with number one. Let's start at the very beginning. So if you do the Enneagram test and find out that you're a one, the one is usually called the reformer. I don't know what that means, but if you're a one, maybe that resonates with you. I hope it does. Like, what does that mean? Okay. So here is what it says about what ones are. Ones are principled, they're organized, and they are rule followers. They are afraid of being wrong. They don't like to be wrong or they don't want to be seen as a bad person. When they're stressed out, ones can be a little bit more sensitive to criticism. Do you see how this could help in your family? 
I mean, if you, if you have a kid or your husband, your spouse is a one know that when they're stressed out, they might be more sensitive to criticism. Like this is such a helpful thing to know. All right, going on. One's passionately pursue what they think is the right thing. And one's struggle with feeling like they are good enough. Something a one might say is, why don't people just do the right thing? (laughs) If you're a one, I'm sure at least a few of those things ring true for you. Okay, let's go on to number two. All right, the two is known as the helper. All right, so twos are caring, they're generous, and very empathetic. Twos are afraid of not being loved or wanted. When stressed out, twos can be more aggressive towards others. Twos passionately pursue making other people feel good. Twos struggle with saying no. Something a two might say is, what can I do to help? So side story, (laughs) my husband is a two. And when we did this test, I'm like, this could not be more on point with who he is. My husband will help anybody. In fact, I think I've said it before on this podcast that he is a very kind and caring and very serving. And we often would joke about service and how like you should be serving others to get to heaven. Like he was going to have to like sneak me in the back door (laughs) or something because he was always the one who is just so serving. Like he would do anything for anybody. One thing I found out about him, though, that I didn't really know is that twos are afraid of not being loved or wanted. And on another, um, in a book or something, I read more about twos because I was like, I got to dive in. Um, Twos really need to be thanked, right? Like they're willing to go out and serve and help and do but they really want to be appreciated. They really need to be appreciated. So when I learned these things, like my husband does all kinds of stuff around the house. Like really, he is honestly so helpful and I have taken it for granted. I mean, he does the laundry every week. Whose husband does that? And I have taken it for granted. So once I started diving in on the Enneagram and realized my husband is a two and he wants to be appreciated. I have been taking more time to notice all of the little things that he does and specifically thank him for those, tell him how much he's appreciated and how much he is loved. And you guys (laughs) go figure it's improved our relationship. (laughs) Oh dear. I think, yes. Now that I'm saying it out loud, I realize if I did those things for just about anybody, it would improve the relationship, but specifically with twos, like it, it really improved our relationship, just me being more appreciative. So that's one way that this can really help. I mean, light bulb, love it. All right. Threes. Now I am a three, I'm a three and two of my daughters are threes. Like we got a household of threes, which means it can be a little intense 
because the three is known as the achiever. And that is just describes me, right? I'm constantly achieving, constantly going after new things, getting another degree, like going to law school, like becoming an EMT. You guys, I'm, it's a little overboard. Even I admit it, but it fits. It fits with my personality type. So threes are achievers. So this is what it says about threes. Threes are driven. Yes. Encouraging. Yes. I love to encourage others and focused on success. Yes. Mine and everyone else's. (laughs) You might not be that focused on your success, but I am for you. So what's also good about this is it's hard to see past your own skin sometimes. And I just assumed everyone was as driven and focused on success as I am. And guess what? There's eight other types that don't care about that at all. And so it really opened my eyes about like, what do my clients need? What do my students need? Like, where do they want to see themselves in the next five, 10 years? It may not be like on the successful entrepreneur path. They might have other things that give them that light them up, right? Like having an impact and things like that. And so it really opened my eyes that there's other, there's other types beyond my own. I shouldn't be so close-minded and I didn't realize I real I was until I was looking at all of these because I just assumed that everybody was focused on success, but they're not. All right. So here's some more about threes. Threes are afraid of not being valued or respected. When stressed, threes can be unmotivated and tend to procrastinate. Oh my gosh. Seriously? Like part of the, my paid program that I just finished, I did an entire module on resistance and an entire lesson on procrastination and tools and tips you can use to not procrastinate because I've had to figure this out. So that's kind of funny that that's one of the things that is a trigger for me. Threes passionately pursue being successful and good at what they do. And threes struggle with slowing down. Oh, sometimes I do just need to struggle to slow down. This is something a three might say. What do I have to do today? (laughs) Another thing a three might say, which my daughter pointed out to me is, let me tell you about my five-year plan. We got a good laugh about that because I think I had just said it that morning and then she saw it in a book and we died. We died. Let me tell you about my five-year plan. If somebody says that to you, they're probably a three. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Okay. So fours, Enneagram fours. Fours are creative. They're passionate and they're focused on aesthetics. So how things look. Fours Fours are afraid of being flawed or not being seen. When stressed, Fours can be clingy and focused on people-pleasing. Well, so many of us are people-pleasers, right? Because we're just so, we get so concerned about what everybody thinks. I think I just did a podcast on like, why do we freaking care about what everybody thinks? It's the last one. Check it out (laughs) if you want more information on that or how to not do that. 
Fours passionately pursue exploring their emotions and feelings. Fours struggle with letting go and struggle with moving on. Something a four might say is, how can I create meaning from this? I forgot to say what the four was. The name for the four is the individualist. So this is so funny. How can I create meaning from this? It doesn't resonate with me at all. And mine, like, let me tell you about my five-year plan, probably doesn't, doesn't resonate with a four at all. So isn't it funny how we, like, we end up on these different spectrums? But if I have a client, like, for example, if you're a coach and you have a coaching client that you know is a four, you might direct your coaching conversations into avenues down like, like this of how do we create meaning out of this particular situation and help you to move forward so that now you can do this or that, right? Once you know how their brain thinks, it makes all the difference in how successful your coaching conversations can be. All right, fives. All right, the fives are known as the investigator. So here's a five at a glance. Fives are logical, they're analytical, and focused on gaining knowledge. I feel like I could easily fall into this one as well. This describes me a little bit. When stressed, fives can be unfocused and scattered. Fives passionately pursue learning and becoming an expert. So from my perspective, if I am teaching people how to become entrepreneurs and create courses with their knowledge, a five is right in my wheelhouse, right? Like I could easily coach a five because I know they want to learn and they love this idea of becoming an expert at their craft. All right. Fives struggle with communicating their needs to others. This would be very good to know if your spouse or a child is a five. Fives are afraid of being incompetent or being depleted. So this is something that could totally hold a five back, right? If they were getting ready to create a course, but yet they felt like uh, they didn't know enough yet, or their website wasn't good enough, or they didn't put their course together, like pretty enough, like that's kind of stuff that could hold a five back. And if they're aware of it, and you as the coach is aware of it in advance, you can really help. This is something a five might say. I want to learn more about this. Bingo. That will stop you dead in your freaking tracks if you are trying to accomplish anything. I think I might have mentioned that I have a couple of freebies on my website. I have one for how to be more productive. It's uh, I think it's called four steps, four things you can do right now to be more productive. And I actually talk about this in that in that download, that free download about, you know, like kind of going down this rabbit hole. So that's something that you might want to look, look at. You can totally download that, download that if you want. Uh, I believe I'll put the link in the show notes, but I think it's Gina Kershaw.com forward slash productivity. Okay. All right. Let's move on to sixes. All right. The six sixes are known as the loyalist. Does that resonate with any of you sixes out there? 
I'm not sure what that means or what context, but maybe you, you understand that. All right. So sixes are responsible, reliable, and always prepared. When stressed, sixes can be self-focused and competitive. Hmm. Sixes passionately pursue being prepared and being loyal to their people. Sixes struggle with silencing their minds. They got a lot going on up in there. Sixes are afraid of fear itself or uncertainty, which would explain why they want to be prepared for anything, which is a very good quality to have. And this is something that a six might say, what could go wrong? (laughs) I love that. I love you sixes out there. I love how you're prepared and you're thinking ahead. We don't think ahead enough, most of us, right? If you're thinking ahead, I love that about you. All right, let's move on to sevens. So Enneagram sevens are known as the entertainer. The entertainer. I love that. Okay, so at a glance, sevens are enthusiastic, they're fun-loving, and they are curious. When stressed, sevens can be perfectionistic and critical. This is this is one that you would be really wise to know if you're one of your kids was a seven, right? Like they're fun loving, they're curious, but when they're getting down into a project, maybe they're going to be perfectionists about it and overly critical of themselves. Sevens pursue, sevens passionately pursue finding joy and new experiences. Ah, I love that. Sevens are afraid of missing out. Hey, you sevens out there. Do you guys get FOMO? Is that a real thing? <laughs> Let me know in the comments <laughs> if that's true and how you how you combat that, right? They're also concerned about being trapped in pain. I don't really know what that means, but maybe you do. Seven struggle with staying focused. Another good thing to know about a child, right? Something a seven might say is, how do I put a positive spin on this? Hmm, I love that. Okay, you sevens, I want to know more about you. I'm going to look up things about you because it seems like you've got a lot going on in there. You want to put a positive spin on things. You're fun-loving and curious. You're adventurous. You love new experiences, but you're also can be critical of yourselves. So very interesting personality type right there. And if I had a client or student who fell into the Enneagram type seven, I would want to make sure that I was focusing on getting them past the perfectionist stuff. Like instead of trying to do a work, a work, a work all the time, like shoot for a B plus, and then you'll get more done, right? That's just a a strategy that you can use not only when you're coaching somebody, but for yourself, when you're too hard on yourself and you think it has to be perfect. I mean, a lot of us fall into that category for sure. All right. Eights. So an Enneagram eight is known as the challenger. Hmm. (laughs) All right. So let's see what that means. They're passionate, they're honest and protective. When stressed, eights can withdraw and isolate themselves. Whoa, this would be great to know if your spouse or significant other was, or a coworker or your boss, my gosh, any of those, if they're an eight and when they get stressed out, 
knowing they'll withdraw and isolate themselves, or that's something that they might do. Eights passionately pursue justice and creating change. So these are, I'm seeing eights as the ones that go out and change the world. Fantastic. Eights struggle with asking for help. So they feel very self-confident in their own abilities, but probably could get more done with collective intelligence instead of just doing it on their own. Eights are afraid of being seen as weak or vulnerable. Ah, this explains why they don't always ask for help, but that's a very good thing to know. Something an eight might say is no. (laughs) Oh my gosh, that's straight and right to the point. I love it. Okay, last one. All right, nines, anagram nines at a glance. The nines are known as the peacemaker. So one of my daughters was staying with me for a few days at the same time that I was kind of diving into the Enneagram. And I asked her if she had ever taken the test. And she's like, no, I've never done that one, even though we talk Myers-Briggs all the time. So I said, well, go ahead and like, here's how to take the test. I'm really curious as to what you are. And in the meantime, I was looking through the book and looking at all these names of all the one through nine. And I identified her as number nine. I was like, I was thinking in my brain, she's a nine. I know for sure she's a nine. (laughs) So I was kind of waiting to see what the test results would provide. And sure enough, she was a nine. So it's kind of fun to do that with family and friends, just kind of guess where they are. So here's what it says about nines at a glance. Nines are empathetic. They're easygoing and supportive. When stressed, nines can worry and think about worst case scenarios. This was one of the reasons why I knew my daughter was a nine. She's been performing at like the highest level in her field and her employers, like everybody loves her and she was having kind of a bad day (laughs) and she said, I just know I'm going to get fired. And I was thinking, what the heck? There's no freaking way you would ever get fired because you're at the top of your game and I don't think they would know what to do if you didn't work there, but she went right there. She went to the, I'm having a bad day. I'm just going to get fired. So when I saw this about nines, they think about worst case scenarios. I was like, ah, that is my daughter for sure. All right. Nines passionately pursue peace and seeing all sides. They want to see everybody. They want to know everybody's version before they jump in. Nines struggle with dealing with conflict. So they just assume not be put in a, in a situation where they have to deal with any kind of conflict. Nines are afraid of being loveless or abandoned. Something a nine might say is, did you think about it this way? Right? My gosh, that's such a nice way of saying like, I have another perspective. Some of the rest of us um, speaking from experience would be like, well, I think this, (laughs) you should do it this way. Well, a nine would come in like more graciously to the situation and say, did you think about it this way? (laughs) That's why I love my nine. I love her. 
All right. Was this helpful? You guys, was it fun? I hope you will look these up. There is so much to see with Enneagrams, but like I said, I think not only for yourself to learn more about yourself and like the kind of roadblocks that you could put in front of yourself or struggles that you might have. It's, it's helpful to know those kinds of things, but also to know the personality types of the people around you so that you can, um, you can just be more in tune with them, right? I think it's called having a greater or higher emotional intelligence. When you really understand people better, you're able to listen to them better because you're not only hearing what is coming out of their mouth, but you're also understanding where it's coming from. And you just get a better perspective on their point of view and just the situation itself, which is always a good thing. It's always a good thing. All right. That was so much fun for me. Thank you so much for being with me today. And I will see you on the next episode. Bye.